going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. Reunited, J5 here. Heels. I am here, and I have officially, I'm, I'm one of the people now who have seen Across the Spider-Verse. So I feel like a regular human in society again. Even though I saw it two weeks ago, <laughs> which is how long I haven't done the podcast. But I feel like a regular human. I was touched by the movie. I thought it was fantastic. I kind of want to see it again. Um, I've seen it twice. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see it again. I have a day off on Thursday. I might do that. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm just I'm here. I'm I'm glad to. It's been a long time. I feel like I haven't actually talked to you in quite a bit, <laughs> which is no, weird. We, we usually talk. Almost feel like we should have just fucking called each other or something because we talk. Every yeah. Week. Well, you, listen, you guys had a great episode last week. I was laughing my ass off. I listened to it during my walk, which I realize now listening to a show staggered me on all my other podcast listens because usually <laughs> I have like set podcasts for every day. But then I'm like, I, I never listened to the a show. Like now I listen to the a show and I'm like, oh, shit, I was like behind on podcasts for like three fucking days. Um, Yeah. Shout out to it. The Mark and uh, A plus for for jumping into the uh, A show with us again. Uh, I know it wasn't right. two or five park. I know people wanted to hear two or five and park. I don't know when two or five park parks coming back. You know, people ask me all the time. Even, listen, leave it, leave it where it's at. I don't. It, we don't need to know. You know, we don't need to know. Um, and shout out, to, shout out to the, when the week you were off. Shout out to Quan Warport joined the show. We had a lot of great conversation about a bunch of stuff that happened. Um, and yeah, it was a listen, we're back. We got a lot to talk about this week. Um and you know what's crazy? We're at the half point of this year. Mm-hmm. 2023 is halfway over. Um you know what? Before we get into that conversation, I don't want to talk about what I really wanted to talk about. Okay. I don't know what to eat anymore. Yeah. I- I think I come to this this issue as well, especially well. I moved to a new area in the city, right? So like I'm I'm in a completely new area. So when I, when I go on DoorDash, I usually like for lunch, I'll just find something new to eat around the area. And um, I think I'm getting a little bit more picky about that now. There's so much stuff. So I'm like, I don't cook. So pretty much everything. I was listening to Black Print and stuff when you guys was talking about because. Josh has this expensive waters or whatever the fuck he drinks. Um, <laughs> Wax against Erwan is the movement. All right. He has, he has that going on. Um, but he said something about like, essentially like the cost of groceries and the cost of eating out. It's like, it's becoming very much closer to one another than we think. So I've just like succumbed to like eating out for the most of the time. Um, Cause I don't really feel like cooking. I don't want to cook. I, I don't even like doing my own laundry. Like <laughs> I don't I don't want these things that take up time during my day when I could be doing something else. Um, which is a weird way to think. But I've eaten everything, bro. I've eaten it all. Well, not at all, but like I'm eating everything that I want to eat. And I'm a very I don't know yeah. if you know this, I'm a picky eater. Yeah, you're very picky. I don't think you eat shellfish. No, I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, eat, I don't. Like go ahead. Bread. Like more certain breads you don't eat, I know. No sourdough yeah. bread is very hard on my on my teeth. Yeah, um, 
you, you don't eat a lot of I didn't know that part. <laughs> you, don't of, you don't eat a lot of things. And I don't it's mostly like fish. Yeah, like shellfish and all this other stuff like that because everyone is like yo like when someone will cook, I don't eat shrimp. I don't eat yeah, again, most shellfish. I'll eat salmon, I'll eat like kingfish, I'll eat whiting fish. That's kind of it. Um if it comes from the sea, I usually don't eat it. Um, if it sounds weird, I usually don't eat it. What sound? But what if it tastes good, but but it sounds weird? So the rare occasion that happened to me was when my mom made some eggplant things. I'm like eggplant. I'm not eating that shit. What the fuck you mean? What the fuck is eggplant? Um, and why do we eat it? And then she made it, and it was fucking amazing. So that's like the rare occasion. But if it sounds weird, I'm usually not like. I'm not with it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but also with Uber Eats and stuff like, let's talk about let's talk about how we're getting robbed on these fucking apps. By the way, let's talk about it. McDonald's is the main perpetrator of this shit. Well, here's the thing: my McDonald's around here, they usually get away with or let you get away with zero shipping, and it kind of balances out where it's not you're paying thirty dollars for like a Big Mac meal or something like that. Like, open open your app and let me see how much your shit costs. I ju- in fact, I just got uh, I got some coffee and uh, uh, muffin from McDonald's this morning. So oh, you still yeah you still in the AM? I forget. Um, yeah, got it. What what are you what what are you trying to what are you trying to see here? No, but like. Listen, talk about a bacon McDouble, three eighty nine. The fuck? But like, wait, that's like the price price. That's the price price, bro. I mean, to be fair, it is a bit inflated just to balance everything out. A medium fries. How much is a medium fries by you? I, I need to. Well, on the app is six eighty nine. I'm sure in person, I think it's a, I think it's a, like a, maybe a dollar less. On the app is six eighty nine. is nuts for a medium fries, bro. Let me look at. Hold on, let me look at. You know, I don't even really be like looking at it. Yeah, look at it, please, because six eighty nine is it's ridiculous. Let me look on the McDonald's app, like on the app app. Like, oh, app. I'm looking on Uber Eats, bro. I don't Uber Eats is my religion. Um, yeah, I'm look on the app. The, the the McDonald's app will sometimes would give you some some deals or whatever on on um on what you're doing. Hold on, let me find. Where the fuck do you find fries at? Is it is it part of um sweet not nah, shareables? Sides? Nah, shareables is some other shit, bro. I, I think we're we're still on 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 uh, breakfast too, so that makes it even. T- oh yeah, t- yeah, y'all yeah. still on. Well, let's, listen, what's a, how much is a McGriddle? A mi- oh, let me let's look, let's look, let's look. McGriddle sandwiches and meals. McGriddle, McGriddle, McGriddle. Where is it? Where is it? Um, or hash browns, even hash browns. Well, our McGriddle prices change. So bacon, egg, and cheese is five eighty nine, and the meal is ten dollars. Sausage McGriddle is four nineteen. Uh, sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddle is five eighty nine. This is what I'm talking about. Like this is <laughs> this, this is you. That's crazy. That's nuts. <laughs> I don't even be looking, bro. Like that. I'm, maybe I'm getting robbed in broad daylight. I'm not even looking. That's the drop. But yeah, like. <laughs> I'm yeah, so, but 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 then again, like they they try and give you like so many deals, and I'm putting air quotes here to offset the actual like service fee and the delivery fee. I remember when it was raining out here, there was extra fee they added to shit. Like it, it was a bunch of crazy stuff that they added to it. 
I feel like they cut that out. At least on Uber Eats. Well, I, I feel as though if Joe Biden's going to get on Ticketmaster, he needs to look at the regulation for uh, DoorDash and Postmates as well. Right? He needs to, yeah, nah, he needs to figure out the whole menu. Like, it needs to be something all across. Um, I, also, I also get Dash Pass with my credit card. So I, I, I link my, um, my DoorDash to my Chase card. And it gives you um, Dash Pass for free for as long as you have the, the card. Um, so yeah. I, don't, I actually don't see a lot of the fees and stuff. Well, happy for good. Good for you. <laughs> the, the, the people like us. Who is like us? You can get these things. Everyone can get these things. Justin, the people like me who are not quite so black like man. you. <laughs> we still black, <laughs> oh still my god, my man! It's a, it, listen, I'm I'm all for um, I I'm definitely all for there being uh regulation of these things. But um, I I wanted to get to another topic. Okay. Uh, were you? Did you uh watch the Idol? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, listen, like, I'm cool with certain things, but realistically, like, Sam Levinson projects that don't include Zendaya, I'm pretty much not going to watch. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like Zendaya is the Vince man that kind of filters through all this shit. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah no nah, I didn't watch but please talk about it talk about the show. Well I I think that it's interesting here, and the weekend is the opposite of Zendaya, who's like bring it on more filthy shit. <laughs> yes, and well I mean she was also bringing on the more filthy shit as well. Let's just be clear, a lot of the stuff she was producer on on, on that season too. So like it, it was this definitely very true. Definitely part of it. She was definitely, uh, she was definitely, uh, what's the, what's the word? Uh, uh, not complacent. What's the word? Uh, Might be a little complacent. That too. Yeah, that too. Uh, <laughs> it's an AM. It, it, my, my brain's fried, but um, she, she was, she, you know, she, she's part of it, but the, but the, the idol, the, the news has come out within the last 12 hours that this Sunday's episode is actually, uh, the fifth and final episode. Now, I'm, and I want I want everyone to listen here. There has never been in the history of history <laughs> a show that has cost this much and has had so few episodes on that network, bro. Very rarely has that ever happened. It's usually six to eight or ten. Yeah, I wouldn't see why anyone would clear a five episode show. <laughs> um. <laughs> spin the spin is aew like that's all i gotta say this is what because if you remember a week and a half even ago, the last dance is like 10 episodes <laughs> like a week and a half ago right there was a rumor that they were not going forward with a season two of the idol yeah, right? i saw that and then hbo pr popped out and said hey there's, there's been no you know there's been no no response you know there's been no confirmation of that and I say, wow, that's funny. They never do that for anything. <laughs> they never hop on Twitter and say that for anything. But the weekend is involved here. Okay. So there's obviously some strangeness going on also with like the weekend social media presence. Have you seen that? 
I've not. I don't follow him on social media neither. To be honest with you, I'm I'm half convinced the nigga actually exists. To be honest with you, I don't. Well, he fucking exists, and it's <laughs> it's seemingly like The Rock whenever one of his movies flops. There's oh, like any yikes. retweets and this is for the fans and y'all don't understand this is for the fans type stuff, right? And you know, the, all of this strange stuff is happening as every single week there's a new interview coming out where they're like, this is supposed to be a bad show or this is supposed to be corny. This is supposed to be. I'm like, nigga, no, sh- no show that costs $10 million in per episode is supposed to be bad. <laughs> okay? Because that's still $50 million down the drain. You know, give or take. Maybe more with, with marketing. That's made 80, 80 million, seven, uh, 80, 90 million down the drain for this one right. TV. Meals. That's a lot of money. <sighs> I'm look. I'm scrolling through his Twitter right now. It's all retweets of the idol is the number one talked about show. The idol surpassed Black Mirror, like a, lot, a bunch of dumb shit, right? <laughs> but here's the thing, like, I mean, he's very wrapped up in this show. He's very like this is like to him. This might be he might say he might get out in an interview and say this show was more important than any album I've ever created. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's I feel like that's the energy. That he's given from the show. He's very much so tied into the idol. He's hashtagging it. He's breaking all of his like um social media enigmatic. Yeah, to be like, we got a show on and this shit is popping. Like I feel like in a sense, he's living out the character of something that he's always felt like he was or could be. Um and that's just what I'm getting from social media and how much he cares about this show. Because he cares about this show a lot. It shows. Like <laughs> the retweets are nuts. All um, bot counts, pop base, pop fan weekly. <laughs> like, and I'm rank. sure there's niggas who are telling him that the show is the shit. Oh, of course. I mean, as they were filming it, they were they were doing that. But you know, it it's 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 become like a a, a question of like where does the line where is the line drawn here especially with 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 these two it's like this is a show that was ultimately about nothing they they hyped it up they premiered it at con meals like that is like that's money too you know what i mean just to get in that shit you know what i'm saying and and the show just doesn't reflect that and i hopped off of the bandwagon a week ago so i actually didn't watch this week i'm iffy on if i'm gonna finish this show i just i had i just have no energy to finish the show like the first three episodes legitimately broke me like they, they broke I, I watched some terrible shit but i cannot give terrible shit five hours of my life <laughs> in general period that's like watching dynamite rampage and collision in one fucking week this is the equivalent to if like carmen the hip-hop bro came out in 2023 <laughs> like a massive star going in a film Coming out with a questionable, <laughs> as it, as they're like their first real acting role, right? Like this is like his first actual like role in anything. And all I've heard is that he's terrible in the show. He's awful. And that, yeah, that if it was probably anyone else, it would be doing better. But I feel like that's the that's the catch twenty two, right? Like you, he's supposed to bring people to the lake for for them to drink, but also he's the main part of why the lake. Is poisonous <laughs> and and you know disgusting and probably won't come back again. Like it's the it's the double edged sword. Like you either want to drink or you want to die, but you're gonna die of thirst either way. Like, well, I don't know. The, Go ahead. The big spin here is that it's five episodes, which is unheard of. 
that's ending early in HBO. You know how I know it's a lie? Because HBO doesn't have any show to cover. You know, usually HBO, whenever a show, like a season ends, they have another thing that pops up, right? Um, yeah, so that's just TV, yeah. When, when Succession and Barry ended, the idol started, then Gemstone started the week after. They don't have anything to cover this <laughs> this, this uh, gap in their schedule. It's just Gemstones now. <laughs> They're not playing like old episodes of Insecure or something? <laughs> 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 Idol-like. <laughs> it, 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 it's great. Well, you know, and, and let me not be let me not be messy. Let me not be messy. Let me let me okay. let me try and see uh what's coming up. Let me let me let me try and look for it. But uh wait, no 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 coming up. Uh winning time August 6th. They're gonna be empty for a minute. In terms hey, nigga, of- play, you can play the first season of winning time. I watched that over. That was amazing. Yeah, see, I I don't know. It, it, it's it's iffy. It's iffy. Maybe what there was maybe there was going to be a gap the, anyway. What is the second episode of Winning Time about? Who knows? But I I just wanted to see if you watched it. I I, I thought we could have uh, we could have had no, a. Very I'm sorry. You, you, you know I'm late to every. Yeah, I'm late to everything, bro. I'm You're sorry. Well, yeah, you are late to a lot of things, which is <laughs> late to it. Uh, but do you, you want to get into uh, this week in wrestling really quick? We can, we can start um, with you want to start with it because I, I think that there's some things we found out this morning about a certain show on Saturday. There's some, you know, do you want to just do an AEW block and then just kind of go into the, <laughs> to the... Yeah, so you'll hear a much more in-depth review about all things that have happened over the week of the War Report, which you can listen to every Friday, A-Show Network. Also, you can get it early, patreon.com backslash the show rnc um but yeah let's start from i don't know this aew so this is the weekend that we've been kind of like talking about for quite some time because All eyes on them yeah forbidden door collision premieres um dynamite is whatever punk back this is like the perfect storm of like how everything should be happening in aew and quite honestly to me they had multiple months weeks and we knew in april they knew way before that so Mm -hmm. i feel like they had a lot of time to prepare for this kind of like this storm of like everything that's going on and in my eyes i feel like people some people would see this past weekend maybe as a success i mean they're touting it was the biggest gate ever in aew history for forbidden door too um but to I, me those tickets were, those tickets are very high but yeah i would imagine yes i all tickets cost a lot i'm sure mcdonald's has now the biggest gate <laughs> they've ever had with their 495 rise um and wwe's doing it every week like the cost of while wwe is selling out the cost of tickets are definitely more than they used to be. Um, however, I feel like this weekend to me, solid in some aspects, disappointing in a lot of aspects. Um, what what, what of, were the solid moments for you? And so the solid... That's from okay. Rampage to, to Forbidden Door, right? That was three straight days of AEW programming. I mean, this is what we signed up for. The solid points to me have been them actually moving forward with a dream match 
and giving it somewhat of the attention. We're going to get into the actual dream match itself. Don't worry. (laughs) But the idea of like, here's this match. We're going to heavily promote it. And it's not a dream match that we're saying it's a dream match. This is an actual dream match. Um, So that's what I will say is more than likely the positive coming out of this weekend. I can probably, I mean, some of the matches are great, but the match, Ultimately, it's the moments that kind of keep us at the end of the day. But um, yeah, it's a. I would say that was the solid thing that happened this weekend. Um, and I'm sure people found the show. I mean, it was the. If I had to say, if I had to pick any positives from this, I think this is AEW's best pay per view this year. That's all I got, though. Sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not a lot to compete with, bro. Like, literally, they had to bring in New Japan guys to have a very solid show all around. I think um, the biggest conversation going into the show wasn't even really in a lot of facets the dream match, if you will. It was the continuing uh, situation of CM Punk. And um, he debuted last week. We talked about uh, We talked about that last week on the show. And he continued um, to to uh, appear on AEW programming this week with Dynamite popping. You know, he popped up on Dynamite in the first, what, 15 minutes or so. Uh, and, you know, there was a report that came out that when he was there, the Bucks and the Elite were not, right? And that became a, a talking point where it was like, okay, so they're not on the show at all. And these motherfuckers have Matt. Well, Kenny had a match and, you know, the Bucks weren't, weren't on the card, but it was like, yo, they're just not going to show up to work whenever he comes to Dynamite. How's that going to work? Like, what w- what does that look like? And he shows up there. Then he shows, you know, he shows up on, on Collision and, uh, you know, that's his show. You know what I mean? And, and, and again, like, these are all, these are all guys that are in the same company, but there's a lot of interviews that come out meals where it's like Dax from FTR, there's Eddie Kingston, there's a bunch of people saying there is no divide in the locker room. Is no divide. And I think that it's funny, right? That, that people that are saying there is no divide are all people that like CM Punk. Am I wrong? <sighs> yeah. I would say, not yeah that you're wrong. I would say yeah that I agree with you. Um, I think this idea that there's no divide in this locker room. I mean, if there was no divide, you wouldn't have to put people on opposite sides and have to rush people out the thing. I mean, the idea that there's that to me is like there's a clear divide, not even just I mean, there aren't necessarily I don't think the clicks are big enough that they are starting a massive divide. I think there's a click for the elite and I think there's a click for CM Punk and his gang. And then there's everybody else who's trying to make a living. Um, I think there's a divide between those things. And I think those factions kind of being the biggest thing on AEW television and the narrative surrounding that that has built over the last number of months that's what's building the huge divide in the locker room. Imagine if there was, first of all, we would never know about it, but imagine if there was a true divide between Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. Like, they did not fuck with each other, or or rather, like, Roman Reigns and Cody, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Roman, like, if Roman does not fuck with Cody, doesn't want anything to do with Cody, they scrapped backstage at WrestleMania, um, Cody went and talked some bullshit in an interview, 
all types of other shit. Like imagine that kind of happen. Mm. Um, that's what kind of I would equate to this. That would spark, I think, a massive talking point divide in the locker room of like you have these two major stars, two of these who are, are I use draw lightly over in AEW because only one of them's kind of a draw. Um, What's that? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say CM Punk, but then we saw the collision numbers. But um, but I feel like the, the there are two big, massive talents having some sort of aren't able to work together. Um, sets a bad precedent for the locker room. Sets a bad precedent for just kind of like how business is done. And more importantly, sets a bad precedent for like how Tony Khan is handling the situation. If they got to the point where they cannot be in the same locker room at the same time and one, um, they don't want, um, you know, the Bucks and, and Kenny not appearing in Chicago. But and I and I'll say this is CM Punk. CM Punk having, I mean, comparative comparatively out of zoo, having the balls to show up in Canada. Um, Kenny's hometown he got booed even, out the building. Got booed out the building, but he showed up to work, right? <laughs> like True. talk about professional in this instance, and like, okay, ultimately I have to do what's best for the brand. He isn't gonna say I'm gonna take collision off on week two and week three and week four and week five because we're in Canada. He's like, no, I'm, uh, I'll show up. No matter what happens, happens, and he plays to the crowd. But ultimately, it's not the end of the world. This isn't the first time CM Punk has been booed. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like just whatever happened on Dynamite, to me, it was just like a, t- a bad look, just in general. Like, to even, the, I think in this, you're in service of the fans in an instance, and I think you take away that by doing that little, like, oh, we're going to tape it backstage and none of us are actually going to show up um, in Chicago. I think that looks incredibly pussy. Yeah, and... and- I mean, you don't see. I mean, the Bucks have haven't been seen since. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked if they went the fuck home. They weren't even. Well, and, and they're they're probably going to come back for Dynamite or whatever. But I wouldn't right. be shocked if they went home. But um, oh, they come have, back for Dynamite for sure. Then you have the actual show, Forbidden Door. Adam Cole hours before the show, taken off of the show. Apparently, he's sick. People are speculating. Or I think Tony said at the um, didn't he say at the scrum it was COVID that he got? I he said a lot of things that the damn scrum. <laughs> After a while, I tuned out because he was literally like he would go off and off and off on a tangent. And I was like, what is this nigga talking about? To be mm-hmm. honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if it was COVID. Um, it was definitely a sickness. He said, essentially, he came to the arena. He was sick. It was con- and rather than infect anybody else on the show. He took him off the show, which I think is a fair thing to do, especially if you're bringing in New Japan talent and you're bringing in AEW talent and you have a big set of shows coming up the following week as well because you have to tape um, Dynamite, Collision, and Rampage mm-hmm. in the next week as well. So um, I'm not mad at the decision. No. I, I mean, ultimately, ultimately, what you know, when it comes out to it, and they had this big weekend in Toronto, and they're there for the next two weeks. My God, they basically live there. Um, you know, it, it it is them kind of trying to have this big weekend, but it's it, to, to me, it didn't reach kind of like the fever pitch that it did last year. Even with the Okada Brian match, it didn't feel like it did last year. Like in terms of just conversation, I, I got to be honest. Like Forbidden Door was all you heard about last year. That was like well, I think- shit happening. 
and they gave you three full days of content last weekend and you really only heard about one of those one of those shows and that was forbidden no i agree with you well i agree with you to an extent i feel like forbidden door one had all the thing because it was the first one that ever happened and i think there was a lot of buzz around forbidden door two based off of the brian and um okada match and i think that was truly the draw for this show i mean they sold out before and pretty much the card was kind of revealed i think they did i think they built forbidden door i mean essentially it's like their fucking wrestlemania at this point um because that's the only show that like can sell basically off of its name Mm -hmm. no one's all in double or nothing full gear and the other fucking show are not going to sell off of its name like Forbidden Door is. So I'll give them that of like, okay, we have this yearly thing. We're building towards that. Um, I will say the week leading in, and I, and I said this in the Discord, I think AEW is doing a disservice by continuing to pound their audience with matches after matches after matches after matches after matches. And I think it was never more evident than I think this past week where, you know, they had a big episode, well, big, I guess, you know, depending on who you ask, an episode of Dynamite leading into another Rampage show, leading into Saturday's Collision, leading into Sunday's thing. And rather than, like, break any part of that with, like, let's build, let's develop the star, let's let's do something in the ring, let's tell actual stories, um... Again, match after match after match of people trying to top one another. Swerving, um, who did Swerve face? Was it, um, Tanahashi? Was it? It was a tag match, wasn't it? I thought. No, 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 not on the show. Um, he faced him on collision. Uh, fuck, what was it? Um, like, hold on, who the fuck did he face on collision? Yeah, it was Tanahashi. Okay. Um, Swerve versus Tanahashi. Shout out to me Um, (laughs) for remembering that. Uh, But, like, that match was fantastic. But it's like, that match is never going to be remembered in a sea of, like, everyone trying to top one another at this pay-per-view. Forbidden Door, for me, was... Well, this weekend, to me, I felt like could have been handled a lot better in terms of building towards this actual show and making it feel like it's a massive show. Bro, I was literally seeing people say like this was this was uh promoted way better than last year. I was like, "What? What? There was only like two matches for like 3 weeks that b- before the show even happened. And then a lot of the matches like literally popped up from between Wednesday to what, Saturday. Like all those matches started popping up like it, what this wasn't a pay-per-view build at all it was a bunch of matches and, and again like that's their fan base but i'm like there's no way this was built and i didn't even think the first the first one was built well either but you got to remember there was a lot of injuries and shit like that that was going on last year uh when, when they yeah. tried to do that show so they had to kind of work a lot differently but i mean i, I think even just in the build to it like i i you had Osprey come out what on the, on the not on the go home, but the week before the go home because Kenny wasn't on the fucking show for the go home, and and that's how right. they built up that match. It, it was like in America, they don't people don't know if they're if they're trying to get a new audience, right? People don't know the history between Osprey and Kenny Omega, right? Like it's just you, when you when you watch the show, it's just a known thing they don't like each other. You don't know why, you don't know about the Twitter stuff, you don't know anything about that. They just don't like each other, right? And 
even going into this match at Forbidden Door, like, and I and I'll get into the show here a little bit because I only watched two matches, but um, you know, that's the only Don, two we need to talk about, to be honest with you. That's true. That's true. Like Don Callis comes out, I'm like, what's what is this? <laughs> what the fuck? Is this? What is this? There was nothing built to that at all. Well, no, the Don Callis thing has been. I mean, it's a thing. He came out to beat him up. He came out to beat Kenny up, but on the on the week before that, go home, right? And and that was right. I, but I, they the Don Callis, Callis betrayed Kenny. Yeah, but it's it's still flimsy for him to be there with Osprey. It's like out of nowhere. Well, he the thing is like they try. He's tried to like come bring him into his family. He's trying to start this like Callis family or whatever the fuck it is. Um. And I guess he's trying to support Will Ospreay and kind of doing this and kind of like failed in an instance. But um, I thought you want to get, just get to the two matches, these yeah. two matches. Yeah, I mean that's so, the only thing I, I I watched the Kenny Omega match right, and I fucking the the match in between the main event and that match was the fucking tag match. I walked away so fast. I said I'll be back. <laughs> I did not watch that fucking. Match. Bro, I'll, I'll say this. I thought that match. I mean, when you talk about the dream matches on the show and stuff like that, which is Brian versus Okada, I thought Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay, despite it, I think, going longer than it needed to. Being overbooked. Um, very, very overbooked as well. Um, I thought that was by clear, by far, one of the best matches on the show. Like, the best match on the show. Like, Maybe one of the best matches in AEW this year. Um, mm-hmm. It was brutal. It was. It wasn't. Um, I don't think. It, like I think in terms of the the Wrestle Kingdom match, like where would you rank this kind of like, or where would you put this next to this match? Wrestle Kingdom match is definitely way better than this match. I gave this match a three and a half out of five. Um, I think if you end it at the screwdriver spot, even though I did not like the callous thing, I, I felt like they just had so much more meat on the bone, so to speak. I, I actually think Kenny worked better in the fucking Russell Kingdom match than he did here, but you know, your mileage may vary there. But I right. think if you did at the screwdriver spot with the finish, um, that's it's a four or four and a half to me. Like it's still a little bit under. I gave I gave the Russell Kingdom match five stars. I really love that match. It's okay. that match. It's it's that Wrestle Kingdom match, Cody Roman and um and uh Rhea Charlotte from Mania to me that, mm-hmm. that are up there, right? So um if if you ended at the screwdriver spot, I think it's a much better match to me. And it, it's still in my top ten at least. You know what I'm saying? But it's everything mm-hmm. that happened after that. There was the kicking out of the 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 fall the one winged angel at one. It that was one, yeah. It was the all, all of that stuff was just like he didn't even kick out of half of that shit with Moxley a month ago. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's it's there's no rhyme nor reason as to why these things happen, or and 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 you know why there's no rhyme nor reason, or why you don't really care because we're not given any context as to why the fuck we should why he's going so hard against this nigga. I feel like it's just porn, um, <laughs> <laughs> in a sense. Like this is like AEW audience like porn, in a sense. Like this is like what they came for, and they're hitting all the moves and like I'm not gonna go too graphic with it, but like this <laughs> this is like everything that they've wanted and then some to the point where they're like, oh my god. So I feel like again, I agree. The my thing is I feel like the 
a screwdriver spot should have been it if they definitely like plan for the next one. Like if the next one is happening at Wembley, um, then I think the the screwdriver spot should have been it. And quite honestly, it could still happen at Wembley. But like to me, it went a little bit far. And this is like I give the same critique to the Johnny Gargano matches in fucking NXT. Highly does. of like yeah. Right, like you, you do everything short of pistol whipping the motherfucker, and he kicks out. <laughs> and then you kind of like, all right, so what's kind of the ending here? I'll still say this match was a success to me. I mean, I think overall, in terms of what it brought, what it meant, the 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 value. The only thing I would say, I mean, the the spot we we're going to talk about the Tiger Driver ninety one. Terrible idea for Kenny Omega. Who just came back from what a year off yeah and you know rehabbing he came back early he got kicked off for you know fighting with cm punk and got time to rehab again this is again you don't want to be in the same situation you were the year before where it's like you don't have any other stars except punk <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> you don't want to leave yourself in that situation one more time so like those kind of moves as much as it like and the thing is i feel like that move was just to pop Meltzer. you know what i'm saying because there's no reason to do that in 2023 there's no reason to continue to shorten your own career for that kind of thing when the spot wasn't necessary i feel like it's a that's what i call that's like that's why i feel like it's like the masturbatory fodder in this match like yeah. that's why i quit equated to porn because i'm like bro like none of this was necessary you did this so people can you know again i won't get too graphic with it but (laughs) like it was unnecessary like it it was and again that's that was during the part of the match where i felt like it it was a little long in the tooth to me like you're, you're never gonna redo like those old like tanahashi nakamura bushi nakamura like like those matches that they they had a real <clears throat> and again, I think context matters here because in American wrestling, it's a lot, it's a lot different. It's, it's a lot more physical and physicality based and, and wins, losses based in like Japan, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. when you when you caught a loss at the dome, you felt that, you know what I'm saying? Because it was like he's going to he's got to come back for this. Right. But here you only if you, if, if the American fans did not watch the Wrestle Kingdom match, they, this would be their first. This would be their first time seeing this, right? And and yeah. they wouldn't know anything. They wouldn't know anything about it. Kenny's hardly defended that belt. So to me, the win actually didn't mean that much because I mean, Kenny barely defended it. He he never went back to go defend it. He never was never on strong anything. He didn't do anything to defend that fucking belt, right? So right. to me, if it, it felt flat in that sense, and I, I think in some ways it was it was a success in trying to uh, make Will Osprey seem like a, a, a big deal, but in a lot in a lot of ways it buried him. To me, it buried him in a lot of ways. It took him so much to beat Kenny Omega, who is like 10 years older than him, 15 years older than him, maybe. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It made him look, so, you could have made him, and again, I wouldn't have liked the screwdriver finish, but it still would have made him. It still would have made, it still would have made Kenny look strong on the way out. Now you make Kenny look like Superman in that company, and there's so many people, and you got to realize there's so many people in that company that look like that all the time because they're always kicking out and doing crazy shit and getting up from it. It, it happens damn near every fucking show. You want to know? You want to know who I think got buried? You want to know who I think got buried? Who? Kazuchika Okada. Oof. Did he that look? Strong? Did he look strong to you? Coming out of that? 
Not really, but I feel like, <laughs> to me, I feel like they were prepared to go 45 minutes. They couldn't because, have gone 45 minutes. No, they, at the end of this match, they could, definitely couldn't have gone 45 minutes. Yeah. But I feel like... <sighs> I feel like they were setting up for the long time to go the distance. And I can tell by the pacing of the beginning, the first 10 minutes and the stuff in this match, they're throwing himself in the barricade and there's like holes and drops and counters and stuff like that. And it really was starting to get going. Um, what's so interesting, I believe, is just like, we talked about this when the match was kind of like announced, right? And you brought this up. I said, this is a dream match. And you said, the first thing you said was, I'm worried about what Brian Danielson is going to, what's going to happen to Brian Danielson in this match. Mm-hmm. Because he's going to go so hard. And it's a little suspicious that he has not been wrestling. I mean, he has not wrestled quite frequently on this show. Essentially, he hasn't been an active competitor on the weekly shows since the MJF feud, where MJF made him go through the gauntlet as he does make everyone go through a fucking gauntlet. Um, so it was really concerned about Brian, and then it was kind of sad to hear that again Brian ended up um, injuring himself in this match. Well, not injuring himself, but elbow drop, you know, biocata, arm position weirdly, essentially fractured his uh, forearm, mm-hmm. and he's going to be out the next six to eight weeks, which is. Godspeed if he makes it to Wembley, but I wouldn't even pencil him in for Wembley, to be honest. I wouldn't even have him do that. That's my (laughs) thing. I wouldn't even have him do. He is trending in a way that's really kind of dangerous in that we saw him get back to back kind of debilitating injuries, but now he's breaking shit that like, you know, when you get like older and like you you start to like, you start breaking shit that you never broke before. Well, I, I feel sore in places that I've never felt sore before. And again, this is a freak accident. I'm not I'm not putting this on anyone. This is a freak accident. It could have happened to anyone. But Brian's getting injured way too much. And they kept him on ice for months for this match. And he's injured yeah. again. And that is, that is an issue that, that of, of his, his durability at this point. You know what I'm saying? It's the, same, it's the same issue that people bring up for CM Punk, to be honest with you. And the same issue that's kept people like a Finn Balor or even Sasha Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega or Alexa Bliss. A, a lot of these people from being in bigger spots because... They get injured. They they're they're very injury prone. And again, this is a dangerous business. I get that. We we all understand that. But it, with Brian, he's been getting injured a lot more in the last year since he's been doing all these matches. Right? He was supposed to yeah. face Ichi this this week. I'm like, what? If he didn't get injured on Saturday, he was definitely going to get injured on my on Wednesday. <laughs> I knew he was going to get injured on Saturday. I knew he was going to do something stupid. Like, granted, this was a freak accident, but even in terms of the match. Very, but th- th- listen, I don't care what anyone says. The lofty expectations, the the lofty, you know, uh, uh, hype that was put on this match. Let's just call it a spade a spade. It did not live up to it, and it, and nah, it did not. No, nah, it didn't. But I feel like that's because of the injury. Like I feel like it was. I understood what they were kind of going to go for in this match. Um, I don't I feel, feel like. Injury, I don't feel like the injury. I'm, I'm gonna be real. I feel like the match ended the way it was supposed to end. But it was very much a slow plotting Okada match. They were working really safe, and that's the thing about the match that was crazy to me, Mills. They were working so safe; they weren't even they they were not laying nothing in. Even even I think AEW camera people fucked this this up. But the the tombstone on the ramp, I was mm-hmm. like, it was so safe. He made sure that his 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 neck and, and head were, were were safe. 
because because the thing is is like when when you when you're doing something like that, the cameraman's supposed to kind of face it where you can see um right the Okada's waist. You know what I'm saying? Or you can see, or as far away where you can't see. You know what I mean? Like they fucked that whole thing. It was way too close. You could see, you, you could see his head not hit. But um, they were working so safe. And then when the injury happened, it was like, oh, okay. It didn't feel like to me that it was go home. It felt like to me it was like, okay, let's just let's just kind of do our, our our ending spot here and just, just end it. But I think that I I, I don't know. I, I feel like I, I didn't like how caught he kicks out the rainmaker. He like a lot of the shit that they did in the the the, the Osprey. Omega match they should have did here in terms mm-hmm. of just like extra spam right like they should have did that in this match right. and it just felt so like pedestrian to me in a lot of ways no I, I agree with you this didn't hold up to the kind of like hype and I think everyone kind of expected it to be one way and it's kind of sad that it happened that, that this way to be honest with you because this was the match beyond anything this was the match that I was looking forward to by far by none everything else like Osprey Kenny great I was looking forward to this match because this is the first time this has ever happened. Um, it ends up kind of like, um, I don't want to equate it to Taker versus Goldberg, but kind of like that. <laughs> mm. of, of like this dream match that happened. It takes a long time to get there. Both, uh, well, I guess Brian, I wouldn't say Okada. Okada still looks fucking 21 years old. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't I don't know. What, what do we think about, I think we've, we've, I think we've more than earned the kind of like the brief conversation. We can keep this brief because we got a whole show to predict, but like the conversation about Brian Danielson's AEW run, because I've seen a lot online. Um, I've seen people applauding. I've seen people essentially saying like, you know, people saying like oh this is why he left wwe and like this is the run that he's always supposed to be having and he wouldn't be able to do matches like this if he wasn't in wwe and i feel like there's no way in my mind that you can convince me that this run has been better than some of his top runs in wwe and i get it from the aspect that he's having the matches that he wants to have and i think he's working at a level that he's, I feel like he's working like, I don't want to say 2010 Kobe. This is maybe like 2012 Kobe. This is like before Kobe's like back to back injuries. Before you know the, what I'm saying? Or after yeah. the Achilles? Which one is that? Like, no, before, right before the Achilles. Like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and then this is the Achilles. Um, <laughs> no, I'm going to tell you right now, th- this is the Achilles and him hitting those free throws and walking off. Yeah. This, this, <laughs> this is this, that. <laughs> Saturday was him it was him doing you know tearing the Achilles hitting the uh, hitting the free throws and walking off. I don't think that he's gonna be able to perform at the same at the same clip anymore, bro. I'm I listen. His run right now is he wrestled a bunch of Japanese dudes that he, he couldn't do it in WWE, and that's why people love it. That's literally all it is. He wrestled a bunch he, of Japanese dudes. He's wrestling. He's wrestling just like people who he hasn't wrestled before. That's what this run is. A story, he has a story as as effective. As uh, the story is effective as the yes movement stuff, a story is effective even even just as simple as like punching Miz in the face in that one right. match. There has been nothing like that to me here. Nothing. I mean, he has his gang, his biker gang of also tough wrestlers, and I think we're supposed to be like this is like what he can't like. He wanted to be around the best wrestlers on earth, and I think in a sense that he is. But I can't say to be honest with you. I feel like he gets fulfillment out of this, which is awesome. Do you? 
You know what I'm saying? This is what you've kind of wanted. But to me, there's no way you can kind of say this is on the level of anything in this WWE run because that was a slow-cooked run that told a story and had an actual trajectory. This man has been world championship fodder for like three, two years. You know what I'm saying? Like he's lost to the worst. He's lost to the, the the people who could not tie his boots. He's he's lost to the Adam Pages. He's lost to the MJFs. He's lost to the the damn Jerichos and all this other shit like that. Like I feel like it's time to like have this honest conversation about like, like say it. (laughs) What are we really watching here? What are, what are we really watching? We're watching matches. That's fantastic. But like, what does this mean? This, this part in his career is just going to mean like he got to the point where he could do anything that he wants. And he could have gotten that in WWE anyway. (laughs) They're about to make him work Japan. I, it, they were, but I don't think they were gonna let him like wall out, and I think that's really? he didn't want to work that style no more. He didn't yeah. want to work no more. I think that's essentially what it was. And if if you look at it as he's helping, he didn't want to be coddled anymore, essentially, because yeah. he knew in WWE he was definitely being coddled and being held back against things for his own good. I think that um, if you look at it in the sense that that. He's he's helping the next generation, the 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 pages, and I mean shit. He's been losing to a lot of old. I don't people. even think that's true. He's been losing to a lot. Of, yeah, when I said that, I stopped myself because I say, who is yeah. who has really gotten to beat him? Who Daniel Garcia? I guess. Was yeah, the, all of this is the equivalent to matches like he said in the in the scrum. He had a match against Zack Saber Junior. Like in two thousand eight. This is like the equivalent to this to me. None of these guys are even in close to the twilight of their careers. They're still at the beginning of their careers, in my opinion. And I think if AEW continues to go away the the way it is, there is no trajectory for a lot of these guys' careers because they're so inconsistent with the way they develop actual stars. So you're having these matches against Lee Moriarty. And, like, what does this mean for the career of Lee Moriarty? Oh, I had a match with Brian Danielson. Great. Put on your fucking CV, nigga. Like, what the fuck is that going to do? That's true. What does that do for your career? You're not building towards anywhere. The, the the Brian Danielson match didn't come at a point of your career where you absolutely needed it. That's true. Neither did yeah. Neither did it do with fucking Adam Page. Mm-hmm. It not didn't come. Yeah, not card. Not even on the card. It hasn't been seen. Like, yeah. I, I I think when it comes down to it, I don't think that Brian has given them or brought them any money. Uh, I don't think that I think that you know stars ratings are cool and all, and and I think it'll be cool. And in a couple years down the line, when Twitter accounts say Brian Danielson was a savage during the Anarchy in the Arena match or whatever the fuck, right? They, but he's he's using this he's using this company to fulfill his dreams, and the company is completely complacent and like letting him do whatever he wants in this. They're yeah. completely. Um, fine with being the vehicle for Brian Danielson to have all these amazing matches. And that's kind of like what this relationship is. This relationship wasn't to build AEW to move in this direction. This relationship is so Brian Danielson can come and have these matches that he wanted to have. And Tony Khan can say, boy, wasn't that match fucking awesome? That's that's what this relationship is. I think, here's my thing. 
I will always say that, and I've always said that if if the outcome of this move to AEW is that he gets to work with Okada or do a G1 or whatever, or work with New Japan talent that we weren't able to see him against, it's a success. In that sense, it is a success. It is absolutely a success that he was able to leave and do this. I can't, you you you, you know, this it's it's inarguable that it's I a think success. it's right. Well, go on, go on. I'm gonna let you finish. But I think in terms of I think in terms of everything else. I think in terms of him as a character, him as a performer, I don't th- I think this is a, an all around step back if unless you care about them. Like he was able to grow and do really cool things with unlikely uh, un- unlikely opponents. The Personal people- fulfillment and, and shit like that. Like, yeah, he, he got that part of out of this for sure. But I think if the end of the road is that it's this dream match with Okada and he gets injured and he and he essentially has like a really flat ending against uh, against this opponent, then I can't say that it's a success for me. I I think that for everything that was built up for it to to be, and I was on that bandwagon. I was on the I was on. This is gonna be fire. I said it. I, even though I was worried, I said, "Yo, I mean, you don't even need." I I mean, I'm willing to even take away the fact that there was no story here even though that's absolutely a reason why I feel like this match didn't get a lot of heat. I mean, you, you listen to the crowd, yo. Past the holy shit chant after he comes out, it is quiet. They're tired. It's almost midnight. They're tired fucking your nigga. It's not even getting the hype and the, and the crowd reaction that like you would expect something like this to get. Let's just call a spade a spade here. I, I think that the Danielson experiment in AEW has only led to him getting injured a lot and wrestling a lot of Japanese people. And, 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 that, and that's it. But it, it just to me, it hasn't led to any forward. Oh, 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 oh! And Will Yuta, that's what else it's led to. More, more him. But that I feel like that would have happened. I mean, maybe it wouldn't have happened anyway. But I feel like none of this to me, the direction of the company and all the stuff that has done has not been pushed forward by Brian Danielson matches. He willingly chooses the way where he's like, let me have the most awesome match that I could have instead of like, how can we make this the biggest experience for everybody? That's why when Punk says these things, Punk does business. You know what I'm saying? That's the difference between CM Punk and a lot of these motherfuckers Mm -hmm. is that he goes in and he says, I'm doing business. And ultimately he's not, whether he had the match with Kojima or not, like he didn't care about that shit. Like, what's the story? What are we getting at the end of the day? Like, how are we building this house? Like, what are we doing for this company? And, like, it doesn't seem like there's anything, to be honest with you. We're gonna, you're going to look back in four years, and they're going to be doing... We're going to look four years down the line of AEW. They're going to be doing the exact same thing, and you're going to realize, like, what have you been watching for the past, like, fucking eight years? And what's left? What's left? What's other left? Than him getting, yeah, what's left? Other than him getting the AEW title, what's left? I, I, I think... He should never do the G one if that's if if it's gonna end up like this because he had to do matches like that every every day almost every other day in the G one and now it's like longer and they have like a, a well a he said he round. he said he's he said he's not going to do the G one he said he at this point in his career he could he couldn't do the G one he was very in the scrum he was very kind of like open of like and- yeah just not gonna be able to do it um but it was sad. Like, we had this conversation, why did this match end? And we are like, oh, it's the time. And you were like, yo, if he's injured, this match is in. <laughs> it's a dud. And then he comes, yeah. And then he comes out with this big fucking arm brace. And I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I said it. I said to uh, Meals, I said, if 
because everyone was like, is it the time? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think it's the time. I, I, I absolutely think that they 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 would have made something work here. I said, if the, if he's injured, then I, I'm, I got to call it. I got, I, I'm calling it a dud, yo. It's a dud. Like, I, I, I think that, like, it wasn't even an injury where it was like, yo, this was it was a freak accident. Yes. But it was also like, yo, this is more proof that they should they should they should have either done this earlier or not done this at all. But then again, you couldn't you couldn't have done it last year. He was injured. <laughs> he was injured he was last hurt. year, so I don't know. Um, Brian Danielson, we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, he's off. Well, I'm, do they keep him off TV? He's off. <laughs> I would. I think you. If I'm booking this company, you don't have to necessarily keep him off TV the entire time. Meals. If they take him off TV and have him come back as a babyface after they had him come back to TV as a heel or come back to TV and then turn heel. I swear to God, if he makes I mean, three fucking allegiance changes in, in one year, I swear to God, he's going to do whatever at this point. He does whatever he wants. So it doesn't even matter. It just is what it is. I think he's going to come back as a baby face before, before we, before we predict this, this pay-per-view, can we go through the, the shows really, really quickly? Like a very quick paced. Yeah. Smackdown yeah. raw. Because SmackDown, boy. <laughs> oh no, we didn't talk about the we didn't talk about the Collision rating. Oh, off of that, so that came out this morning. Collision did like a, a five hundred and ninety five thousand total. Yeah. This is in its second week. This is with a huge pay per view coming up. Uh, Rampage did about three ninety four, I think, the night before that. Listen, I said this a month ago. I have I've never seen a company come back from from what they're going through right now. I've never seen it. I've never seen it, Mills. And I don't think it's gonna happen. <sighs> it's a set we called it is a Saturday show. It is a Saturday show. It doesn't matter if CM Punk's on the fucking show or not. He's not, let's be clear, yo. He might be a draw to get asses in seats. Well shit, is he a draw to get asses in seats? I feel like saying that he's a draw. This is going to be, like I said a couple of weeks ago, the double-edged sword of if the show doesn't draw, that it's like, was he really ever a draw? When you put him in the worst situation possible to <laughs> to sell, to, to anchor a show, and then when the numbers go down, it's like, well, that's CM Punk guy. I'm the draw that I thought he was, huh? <laughs> I mean, they're... they're, they're it's they're Saturday, bad. bro. It's fucking Saturday. Who's selling a show on Saturday? And bigger than that, Mills... The week after All In is all out in the United Center. So they're running Chicago again for two nights. No, for more than that. They're doing the uh, the other arena, the Now Arena, in, on Wednesday of, of that week. They're running the United Center again. That's an expensive arena to run, by the way. But they're running it two nights in a row for All Out and uh, and for Collision. Hey, they lucky. They are so lucky. This pay per view is at three PM <laughs> on oh, Saturday, I, and we had a we had a conversation about this too, Mills, because because we asked and 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 I was like, I don't know if there's going to be people that are going to flip from Money in the Bank, which is going to end at around seven or so, right, and go straight to Collision, and we gonna see. I think there. I mean, n- numbers be damned. I do think that people will watch this show as well if they stay home. I numbers be damned, but. It would be smart of them to book an actual show that people want to actually see, but they just what? book for Dynamite, John Moxley versus Ishii, and I'm just like, bro, what does this match even mean? 
know what will make the money. You know it. You know it in your mind what's going to make the money is CM Punk versus the Elite. And until they do that, they are not going to get that. And even when they do that, after it's over, they're going to go right back to what they were doing before. That is the only way they're going to make money out of this at this point is 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 facing that head on and they're not going to do it. <sighs> I don't Just know what to say anymore. Keeping it 100, but um let's get to SmackDown. <clears throat> uh very <laughs> I didn't like SmackDown this week. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> It felt very, you know what? It wasn't even like it was a bad show. I just, it was just like there. It, it, there were some good matches on the show. It, it was just there. It just felt can, like it was just there. I don't know. Can I tell you the difference between Vince booking and Triple H's booking? Uh, a, a sense that things matter? <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yes. Because yeah. <laughs> why is Charlotte being like, put on your clothes. You're about to have a match now. <laughs> Um, not in that kind of way. Don't say it like that. But like, <laughs> put on your gear. I think the only thing that kind of like meant anything was like the continuing frustration with Bianca. I feel like that is a good. Yes. Thread. That's a good thread that they've had throughout the last couple of weeks. Is that they keep holding Bianca back, and we might get some edge out of her. And and I think that she'd be rightfully justified, and that's going to keep her over on the show. Is that fans know that she's being screwed over. But other than that, like the whole the, the hallmarks of. Ray Mysterio versus LA Knight, mind you, LA Knight, not in Ray Mysterio, not in the money bank match. Charlotte versus Lacey Evans, again, Lacey Evans, not in any match that matters. And Solo versus Sheamus, again, not in any match that matters. Once again, you have to get these people on the show. I completely, Pretty Deadly versus Street Profits, same thing. I think Vince does this thing where he wants to highlight talent and make them look strong going into the show. Whereas Triple H does that via competitive matches and actual story development. Um, because the matches, again, there were matches that were initially promised on the show. All of them pretty much got nixed. Um, except the tag title match. And uh, it just... It, I feel like it ruined the pace and the momentum of SmackDown. What 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 do you think? It did. I mean, I mean, I mean, you're gonna keep going. Hey, uh, what'd you say to me? Someone's like, okay, <laughs> walk away. Like, what was that? It felt like it. it you know what? It felt like an AEW show. It felt like an AEW show. It, it felt very much like random. In the yeah. Way it like. It just felt like it felt like nothing. I, I oh, you know what else happened? Liv came back, which I thought was a cool moment. I would I would imagine if anything on that show was was kept the same, it was probably her return. More yeah, than like, but we love Liv, so it is what it is. And that tag um, match, the tag match was great. The tag match was fantastic. I hate that it had to get saddled on this show because the tag yeah. match was really really good. I think that in the end, I and, you know I don't I don't know how you feel about that. I didn't I didn't like the ending, but I but I did feel like the crowd got behind. Isla and uh what's her, oh, what's her I'm sorry. Was that I thought you were talking about the ending of SmackDown. <laughs> oh no 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 I meant I meant the uh, I meant the tag match. I, I did feel as though the fans were were getting behind Isla and um and uh and, and Alba toward the end of that match. I, I I thought that they did a great job. I think that they've been positioned to to look very, very great in that division. But to the to your point to the ending, no, I didn't like it either. And I you know what I need I need people to stop doing? And I don't know how you feel about this. 
why do people think that there's going to be a Uso swerve? Why does why do people hate Vince Russo booking but want Vince Russo booking at the same time? Yeah, I don't know why people. I think people are convinced that everything is a work. Um, even to the extent people think this punk and elite shit is a work, by the way, too. But um, no, I don't like that terrible booking at all. One, I think the promo that they cut at the beginning of their show should have been at the end of the show. Yeah, that should have been it. I think if you're building, when you see success with a proven format, you stick with that. You could have still had Solo come out anyway. Solo's like, I'm about to end these niggas or something like that. You still could have, and I feel like you would have said that verbatim, um, yeah. but you still could have had that in that moment. Um, but I don't think you needed the plotting. No offense to, Sh- to Seamus, but you're not a factor on this show. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. I thought, like you said, there's a few bright points in the show. Liv's return, women's tag team title match, um, Asuka doing Asuka things. They don't respect Lacey in that locker room. She hit this. I said, God. Listen, man. Sound of the rampage. Oscar having a blast, yo. She just she's just having so much fun. Um, and then we get the raw, which I thought was a really good go home show. Um, I thought I, it was great. I, I thought that it it, it raw is really in their bag lately. Um, now that they have a champion, and I, I think that they've just been kind of firing on all cylinders of making things matter and and putting things out there that 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 mean something like. I, I I really other than like the fact that I didn't really like a lot of the women's segments, I felt like the like stop beating Raquel like that. I don't I don't like that. But um I, I think that the Finn Seth thing they, is incredibly effective. But well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, I was gonna I was gonna say the exact same thing. I think they've added a fire to this Finn and Seth match that to be honest, they're building off of something that happened mad long ago. Yeah. But they're again video package after video package like this is the difference between fucking aew and this one we're not telling you that osprey and kenny you don't know we're not telling you you should this match is awesome because of the you know because we're telling you it's awesome they're showing you why these things are happening they're giving you the promos they're giving you the backstory there's a lot to they're showing you how it has festered in finn balor for seven years and maybe it hasn't led to the type of career that or or in the trajectory that he's wanted to and he's fucking mad about that shit yeah i I, and i like the video package i like the frustration i like even weaving nxt can we talk about how great the nxt inclusion has been (laughs) the past weeks (laughs) listen Carmelo Hayes has been on our wishy-washy list for uh-huh. a couple of months. Yeah. He showed up this week. Absolutely. And and he looked like he belonged. I will mm-hmm. say that. Mm-hmm. And the crowd knew him. And they knew him because they're now starting to pay attention. And I think that Triple H's creative team is doing something that Vince could never do, and that was get people to care about NXT. Because I, other than an NXT chant, you know what I'm saying? Putting him, putting them on the show, they absolutely should be on the show. They absolutely should be treated as a third brand, but not a brand that can beat people yet. And that's why right. I, saw, I saw a lot of people. I saw a couple people get be mad that Melo lost the, the night before. I'm like, come on, it's it's Finn Balor. Like this, he would have beat him on regular NXT too. And then you had Seth Rollins versus Braun Breaker, which got the highest ratings of anything in NXT since like 2020. Yeah. Pretty much, like it, it, again, it, it's showing that that people are starting to pay attention to this stuff. 
Uh, what else did I like on the show? But, but but it's also beyond that. It's also showing how well you can market something and and give it like how well you can move an audience from one show to another. People were like, I "Guess the Wednesday Night Wars is dead because NXT has moved to a different show." And WWE's like, "Yo, we could make this shit hot at any fucking time." You realize that? Like, and with anyone, you're right. And they took week after week to build this up, this this continuity, this synergy between the show. People talk about, oh, the draft and how, you know, they're ruining the sanctity of the draft by SmackDown guys appearing on Raw and Raw appearing on SmackDown. People have not talked about how effective it has been for fucking NXT. And now that people are paying attention to the show again. And now yeah. there's a drive and, a, and, and an actual energy surrounding the show once more. And then they're still you're still trying to get people to figure out what the fuck is on Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 again it, it it's it's just little stuff it's it's the little things the little tweaks that they needed to make and i don't think we've been this glowing about anything in this company like this in a while especially not no. not, not the least of of it being raw which which like you know could barely keep our attention most weeks but like this week right. i was i was fully on you open with and, and and one more thing to the finn thing the judgment day stuff the the fact that damien should be a little bit annoyed at Dom ruining the, the the main event for him, you know what I'm saying? Like that 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 weaving in of of that story. I'm interested in seeing where where that goes from here as well. Like I, I think that the Finn Damian uh, issues were, are gonna kind of grow a lot more in in the coming weeks as well. And, and I think that they're kind of weaving it. Even the Becky Rhea stuff. Come on, man. There's a and, lot. And of good you stuff. still got you still got the 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 looming thing in the background of JD McDonough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's still yeah. there. They haven't like. Thing back to it yet but i feel like it's still there and i feel like actually after this pay-per-view we're gonna see a lot more of it i feel like we're heading towards the the judgment day civil war <laughs> yeah essentially and uh, i'm not sure if it's happening at SummerSlam, but i can see it happening i could see finn versus priest at SummerSlam if they wanted to like really push it you got a really great match between ricochet and shinsuke nakamura who in a lot of ways doesn't have to and could really boss up on niggas, but he's like, I want to start putting over people that need to get put over. You know what I'm saying? And, and taking that loss, taking a, to a loss to Ricochet and Bronson Reed isn't a bad thing. Let's just be clear; these, these aren't jobbers, you know, by any sense. But it's like you really want to, you really want to make Ricochet look strong going into Money in the Bank. And it's it's very strange, right, to see him actually have edge and a character now. I feel like my thing is I want to make sure when we do. When we do give people these wins, I feel like my thing with the Shinsuke and Ricochet is I think both of them actually need a lot of wins. But the thing is, like, they do get wins, but the wins never build to any kind of momentum in any direction, Um, which is like, that's always been my beef with this. It's like, all right, what are we doing with these guys? We have an actual division that could use these guys, the Intercontinental Title Division, the World Heavyweight Championship Division. Like, what are where are we actually going? Um, I felt like for the past year, especially with the Ricochet, that he's been winning. He's got these wins over Baron Corbin. He's won the SmackDown World Cup. He's got all these other things. But I'm like, they don't really amount to anything. And I think the same thing is with Shinsuke as well. And I think these are two people who can be heavily utilized in this era, especially when you have things like Judgment Day going on on this show and Imperium going on in this show and Sammy versus KO going on in this show. There's a lot to actually bite from. Let's start using these very talented people in very awesome ways. I agree. That's all I got to say. I agree. Um, we also had Sammy versus Gunther. Uh, Gunther's the workhorse of the show. 
Gunther, Gunther's working, man. And it was a great match. And again, you're starting to see that old NXT Sammy come back. Like that, that babyface Sammy is something that we've been missing for a while. And I, I like that Gunther had to struggle to beat him. I thought that was really like that kick out that, that, that he had. Um, uh, the, the top rope splash kick out was fucking great. <laughs> that, that like everyone bid on that. And and I, I think that for everyone complaining about where Sammy is, he's still booked very strong on these shows. Sammy might be, we might have to take a look next month. Maybe this is, it ends up being a, a, um, a Patreon segment. We might have to look at the, we might have to do our list again about this half year shit. But you know, we let's do that. Let's do it. Let's do the let's do the 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 best wrestlers of the of the half year. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's 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 do that. Let's talk about it. We're gonna do it next week on Patreon. Um because this has been a very what this is like our first time judging a full half year on the Triple H's regime, and it looks very different than most years actually look. Yeah, especially after a draft where I yeah. can say there aren't many there aren't many pieces of from the draft that are like like there might be people that don't show up, but they're they're not showing they're not showing up because like there's other things they have to promote and push right now. Like like the um like uh Chance and Carter, like they they were booked strong, but I'm fine yeah. with them not being on the show right now yeah. because there's other stuff that ha- there's other stuff. I mean, come on, Liv just came back. Like you can't. You can, well, at least Liv is back. But um, I like the Alpha Alpha Academy stuff. I. I that's pretty they're enjoyable. great they're amazing and again you don't have to wrestle on tv to be, still be effective on this show and i think that's the that's the best point on this i mean even the women right like the the women the the ladder mash summit shit i feel like trish was she, she's getting a little bit more in her bag you know oh, what i'm yeah. saying oh yeah everyone everyone's comfortable and and that leads us into <sighs> london england the o2 arena this saturday at a strange start time. You hear KP say that 11 times? A uh, 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 p- peculiar start time. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, KP, please. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Money in the Bank 2023. I mean, it goes without saying, an exceptionally strong car. One more match added to it uh, this past week, of course. Um, seven matches here. A lot of them title matches. This could have been the next fucking uh uh night of champions clash of champions car but but you know like this is this is looking really good here and i'm interested in hearing who you who you think is going to come out uh on top of a lot of these matches but let's start off with the match that just got added um because it kind of has like the least story to it um so that's ronda rousey and shannon baszler who need like a tag team name uh versus Liv morgan and raquel rodriguez for the tag team championships the undisputed unified whatever they want to call it tag team championships uh that raquel and Liv never lost Whew. Okay, I'm a big fan of Liv. Sorry, but you're not going to win this match. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Um, I think, uh, yeah, we're still we're, we need we need the run from we need to fully rehabilitate Shayna. We need to um, fully commit to this idea of like these tag team champions on the show. They just kind of won the unified ones. Um, I'm expecting a great match, but I do not expect them to win this match. It is time for Liv to spin off into something else. It is time for Raquel to spin off to Rhea, which is what they seem keen on doing as of last week on Raw. Uh, mm-hmm. It is time to uh, have Ronda show up on NXT, which, listen, she's working house shows. I saw you make that tweet, too. You were just like, yo, she's working house shows. She's on every show. Yeah, let, let's see her get down to the Performance Center and let's see what the ratings look like. 
let's see what the ratings look like when she goes to the performance center on NXT, bro. Like, I, I think that that's what that's what this is all leading to. And I don't know who they're going to be able to face on that show. I can't even think of one women's tag team on that show right now. But just no, to no. have them. <laughs> you listen. Um, <laughs> what's her name? Oh. Ferragamo? What's <laughs> Ferragamo is crazy. That's Italian. Uh, yeah, I, I, I also agree. I think Ronda and Shayna win this one. Um, but it's time to spin Liv and Raquel off to something else. There, there's other tag teams now that, that they don't need to kind of you know, do that anymore. Um, right. Next up, we got Gunther versus Matt Riddle for the Intercontinental Championship. And a few that I think this, this will not be a one and done. I, I don't think this is going to be the only match these two have, uh, if, if you ask me. No, I don't think so either. Um, I feel like we've still we're still in this like having Matt Riddle pay for his sins kind of thing. <laughs> um, I'm like, damn, nigga, when is he gonna like? <laughs> when he's he not. seems to be on the up and up. He seems to be on the up and up lately, though. I'm not gonna lie, he seems to be fine. I mean, he featured on the show. I mean, he's there, <laughs> yeah. but um, it's still Gunther time, and you know, yeah, it's. London, it's going to be a great match. There's a rumor that came out this morning that uh, Randy Orton is being penciled in for a return as early as this weekend. Do you think that factors think that as well? Um, I think that will factor into SummerSlam. Okay. I think once this um, this bloodline war shit is over with, I think a SummerSlam is, uh, is on the horizon. Okay, okay. I also have Gunther winning this. Uh, at this point, it's who can beat Gunther, not not win. All right, next up on the card, where do I want to go here? Mm. Cody Rhodes versus Dominic Mysterio. Uh, a bit of a strange detour, I think, in a lot of ways. I, I don't think that it, by any means that there hasn't been any build to this. I think that it's it's been pretty cool, like to see just you know the child of a legend against another child of a legend. I think that's a that's a that's a compelling storyline in its own. It, it'll definitely be a test for Dominic, and I'm 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 wondering what Cody got planned because he loves to do shit like this. He lo- like he would do this in AEW all the time. The, the unassuming yeah. opponent, he would he would bring something out. <laughs> Anthony Agogo, fucking yeah. uh, Arn Anderson's son, um, <laughs> just random niggas who he would do this against. Um, no, I expect this one to be fun too. I think the do- I think what this has done is built up the relationship between dominic and Rhea in such an amazing way like beyond them being members of judgment day themselves it's just their union together you know even dominic you was like um what did cody say um i'll prove if something you know if she'll be calling you mommy and then he's like i do call you mommy though um like he said something (laughs) weird i don't know it was something on the stage but I think this has been a great, this program has done a great job in solidifying the union between Dominic and Rhea. I think Cody just having something to do and just being able to be featured on television and also, yeah, like just working with talent like this. It's a great little exhibition match. I'm not mad at it at all. Um, I got to ask you, well, Cody's winning this. I think we both say that, but yeah, yeah, um, for sure. I got to ask you, I got to ask you. They've kept they they have been very strategic in keeping this guy out of anything that has to do with the title <laughs> and anything that has to do with Roman. Are you more convinced or least convinced that that's who he's going after after this is all done? 
I think WrestleMania next year. He's going back for Roman. He's going back for Roman. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, you could, you could draw a nice through line, and and I agree. I, I, I I'm, I'm more inclined to think that this is going to be more of an a, another, another yearly type thing. Um, I, I, I just, we'll get to it when we get to Roman, but I, I'm, I think the roof is going to come off of the fucking place when these two finally look each other in the eyes again. Right. No, like, absolutely. I think the roof is going to come off. And I think it's going to be a really, really important moment just to have that run back without the family, so to speak, without, without the without the bloodline, so to speak. Um, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, do you think that the, the bloodline thing is going to main event? It's got to, right? It has to. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. It's Okay, well. Let's get to the let's get to the money in the bank matches then. Oh no no, we got one more here. Uh, Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. Fantastic defense for Seth Rollins here. I think they got a chance to. These two have so much really good chemistry. I think the fact that the the kind the roles are kind of reversed and they're going they're going to go for the callbacks again. I know they did the the um they did the buckle bomb callback a couple weeks ago. I think. Um, but I think that there's so there's there's so much fero- ferocity with Finn Balor here that we could get a potentially you know great match that doesn't have anything to do and doesn't look like anything else that they've done before because we've seen this before but not like this. I feel like Seth is gonna get himself DQ'd. Wow. Okay. I feel like this goes in this SummerSlam, which would be a nice little callback in itself too. Um, if they don't, oh. if they choose not to go, if they choose not to go with the Damian Priest kind of thing, right? But, um. I've, I'm I'm seeing a way in how this feud kind of furthers along, and I don't think they pivot hard post this match, um, mm. especially since Cody's locked up with Brock. Um, seems Finn's like K on Sammy. Are d- Finn's kind of like the top. Finn's kind of like the top one two heel on the show too. I mean, yeah. I mean, they've been Judgment Day has been kicking ass the entire year for this moment right here, so they might as well get as much as they could out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though, I mean, there was a, there was definitely a tweet about should this be another long reign? Like, does how long does um, Seth need to hold this title? And I'm not convinced. I want this to be another super year long reign again. I think I don't want the world championship to be caught up. I would love there to be a pulse. I would love there to continue to be make new guys. I would love there to be some sort of like, you know, current flowing through this title thing so i'm gonna say seth rollins retains here but i do think at some point if they continue this program finn balor will win the world championship i think that would you be would you be against them doing the run back at SummerSlam, the triple threat at payback and then finn win it down the line i think finn is going to win it at some point I feel like Triple H is is his his, uh, his 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 style is like all right. So what babyface is gonna come and and grab this belt? Um, I don't know though. I feel like Finn is. I feel like Finn. We're going towards Finn uh, winning this eventually, but I don't think he wins it at this pay per view. I, I I got I got something really interesting for you. I'm good. Okay interesting outcome but it's going to go into this next match ricochet versus shinsuke nakamura versus la knight versus santos escobar versus butch versus damian priest versus logan paul money in the bank ladder match listen 
this is a great field. I think both matches is a great field of, of, the, talent, of the talent that they want to push, the talent that is coming up that they that they want to eventually get there at one point, and people who've just been long overdue to be in that position in Logan, in Logan Paul. Um, what if Damian Priest wins it? Says I'm not gonna cash it in because I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a pussy. Tries to cat says I want I want you at payback, and then Finn says fuck that I want my rematch because I didn't lose or some some shit happens and that's how you get there and that's why you you dissolve the, the the briefcase without the bullshit. I don't want them to dissolve the briefcase. I just don't want it to be an albatross on someone for that long. I feel like it's part of the story though. Like I feel like Finn Balor going for the world championship, he may or may not win it. And if Damian Priest is lurking somewhere behind him, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like this is the, like, Sammy should have won it last year kind of, like, vibe that I got. Like, if Sammy had won money in the bank, does he cash it in on Roman? How did we get there? You know what I'm saying? I feel like you can tell a story with that. Um, Let me ask you a question. Before we say who actually wins this match, who do you think would benefit the most from winning this, though? That's a selfish pick. I'm gonna always go Shinsuke Nakamura. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. That, it's it's meant to be a selfish pick. I would just want to hear. <laughs> I just want to hear like who you think would like, because I think I feel like there are instances in this Money in the Bank ladder match where there's someone who's always so predictable to win, and then they go in a completely different direction. Who's the predictable pick for you right now, though? I I can't see a predictable pick. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not calling LA Knight the predictable pick. No, no, no. I'm not calling LA Knight. I don't think LA Knight should win this match. Um, as much as y'all love the flavor of the week, which is LA Knight, and it's I don't hate LA Knight either, and I don't think he's a, but I feel like, you know, there was an interview that came out where he felt like there was some bias because of his age and stuff like that. I don't think I have any bias of him because of his age. I think I have a bias of what he represents in this current WWE, Mm -hmm. which is, again, muscly white guy (laughs) who who talks brash every now and then. Um, But that's just from the, that's from where he grew up. He's, he's not a new wrestler. He's fucking from damn near the previous two decades. Mm-hmm. But um, I think who would most benefit from this, I agree, Shinsuke Nakamura. I could see a world in which Logan Paul does win this. I think he should. I, I, I'm actually predicting him to win this. Wow. I think, I think he should. I know a couple of weeks ago I said, hey, maybe he maybe he picks a mid-card title. I said, no, maybe he should. Absol- and this kind of blows up your Finn Balor plan too, but... Honestly, it's okay because they might do it anyway. But the thing is, the difference between this is that Triple H is booking this now instead of Vince. Yeah, I, I think that that what what you do here is you get Logan Paul with a briefcase, and you do have him beat Seth for that, and that is kind of like the um that is the feud you go into in the in the fall time. And I think that that gets you eyes. I think that gets you if it like realistically, Mills, if the Bloodline storyline is ending. If it is going to end in the iteration that we know it, and it is gonna, they're going to kind of start winding it down, you need another storyline that's going to have people saying, you know, I got to tune into Raw next week to see what happens. Can I, t- can I tell you what's going on outside of my window right now, sidebar? A fight? So today's the last day of school <laughs> for junior high. <laughs> so any beefs that are have to be silenced, they're happening today. <laughs> So, 
there there are about 20 junior high school kids who just ran across my busy ass police infested street and uh because some girl was beating up another girl it sounded like a fight to me yeah yeah well listen last day of school new york city public school what a block what a block i i I, that is that is that's crazy Um, i'm gonna have a pay-per-view on this block (laughs) uh, um i mean I, 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 I think, think you got to give it to, to Logan to me if, if they're thinking if they're thinking long term. But again, I mean, this is all about long term. But if you're thinking like Seth could show up on Impulsive and beat him up and you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's so many ways you could, you could do this just just in terms of getting eyes on the product after the Roman Reigns thing. Eventually, it seems to be running, you know, running towards the third act, if you will. Do you think Logan Paul could be a credible world champion like if he wins this what does this do for the world championship do we get to the point now where we fully accept him like okay he's the world champion instead of it being like in the david arquette kind of like this could never be david arquette because he's already surpassed david arquette in every way possible and that's why i can't call that he surpassed him in every way possible from promos and, and david arquette's a nice guy okay but but just as far as everything matches, he's gone 20 minutes with Seth Rollins. You know what I'm saying? And and nobody batted an eye about it in that, in that stadium that night when I saw it. Nobody batted an eye at it. They loved it. Mm. He's done so much to legitimize himself. And he's, he's already had the big match against Roman. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he would be in that orbit anyway. Like we've seen it already. And he's legitimate. He's, the kid is legit. Okay, I can. I'm. I'm still like very hesitant on picking him, but I think the Damien Priest thing can do without the Money in the Bank briefcase. I'm going to say Logan Paul. Yeah, I. I think you eventually get there, and I say if you you could still do the Finn Balor thing, Mills, he could cat. Like they're. I mean, look at it. They're making payback a big deal this year. They're making payback a big deal this year in September, right? It's, it, yes, it's. It's, it's September, right? They're making it a big deal. Yes. You could have triple threat. You could have them cash in there. Hey, Amen. Uh, let's see how this goes. Yeah. What did you, who did you pick? Damien Priest? Uh, Logan Paul. Oh, wow. You switched. Yeah, I'm going to go with Logan Paul. All right. All right. Uh, women's Money in the Bank. Zelina Vega versus Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark versus Bailey versus EO Sky versus Trish Stratus. My only wish for this is that I hope they don't cash in the night of. That's the only that's the only wish I have about this match. But this is one of them ones they, where I really don't know. <laughs> well, no, well, one, they can't <laughs> because there's no women's championship match on the show. Okay. Um EO Sky. <laughs> that's it. That's really it. I don't think there's anyone else who needs to win this. If we we heard backlash, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think um, EO Sky has built herself up to be. I, I feel like this. It's just EO Sky. She could there's, be a there's very no credible, to me. She could be a very credible baby face and a baby face that doesn't even have to cut promos to be over. And that's very rare. And and only other person in that rarefied air is Oscar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it, it's very rare that you that you see that. And if 
if you want to if you want to rock out with it, Oscar and, and EO is a, is a money match that I think people listen. Really- I could very well see this becoming a problem between the problem between Bianca Charlotte and um, Bianca Charlotte and uh, Oscar. And then EO Sky comes in randomly out of nowhere and plucks the championship out away. Mm-hmm. And then all three women now have to chase her in various ways. And then eventually Bailey has to figure out what the fuck she's doing with EO Sky. Um, but yeah, EO Sky is the only option for me. Yeah, I agree. EO Sky, there you go. I, I think that the thing is, is that Becky and Trish and Zoe cancel each other out, I think. So this is essentially like a, a what, a one, two, three, three-person uh, match between Zelina, Bailey, and EO. Th- those three cancel each other out. I think some right. way that they're going to eliminate each other out of the match, and they're keeping Becky away from the Rhea match for as long as possible. So uh, makes a lot of sense. So main event, Bloodline Civil War tag team match, Bloodline of Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa with Paul Heyman versus the Usos. Uh, big moment here, and again, I keep wondering why people want there to be some type of swerve when you automatically have just built a huge babyface team on a show that Sammy and KO can't be on or, or not on right now on SmackDown. You just don't do that. That's stupid. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just ridiculous. The Usos are the biggest babyface tag team on the, on the car right now. I would never do that. I just want to get that out there right now. There's just so many things against sense <laughs> of having these two turn on each other right now after you built them up to be like that uh, or, or to be back again. But Meals, your thoughts on how this is going to go? There's a lot of rumors about the, the ending to this match that they're having. So they're having two, you know, distinct type of endings here, and I would imagine that one of them is probably like either d- uh, dissolving the bloodline altogether, or the other one being uh, some type of Paul Heyman thing that introduces another another member. In my opinion. So I think what we're going towards here, first of all, one, there's a conversation around Jay Uso being getting a world championship match at some point. Not going to happen, Cap'n, but uh, they try. Um, <laughs> they don't want to go back to the well like that. I, I just... Nah, I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, There's two ways. There's two... There's the... the There's the finish with Randy, and then there's the finish without Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm leaning towards the finish without Randy because I haven't heard anything about Randy. I also feel like Flying him to the UK and it maintaining to be a surprise is <laughs> very hard. Very, very hard. Um, so I'll more than likely expect him on SmackDown afterwards than actually at the show. But I could be wrong. Um, so you're thinking Randy would go to SmackDown so they could have the the Roman match at SummerSlam? Yeah, okay. because it, it would be tough to fly the nigga out seven hours and like no one sees them and they keep them under wraps um usually they fly people to like another city and drive them in i'm like they're not doing that randy isn't like i'm not doing that shit (laughs) if they see me they see me um (laughs) but no i think this is very tough because i kind of do want the usos to win um but SummerSlam's right there yeah and you kind of need roman to assert his dominance he lost last pay-per-view i don't think that's going to happen two times in a row but he at somebody that could easily take the pinfall and not make him look bad though this is true but i don't know i just don't see like the the, the union of solo and, and roman 
it kind of does. It shouldn't technically be as strong as the, the the bond between the Usos, though. That's the thing. That's why I'm thinking the Heyman's the uh, a Heyman figured ending might be the play here. Right. So you think Heyman, he's the next one to be booted from this bloodline kind of thing? Uh, not booted, but I think he's going to make a play. I don't think he's going to be booted. He'll be the last person to go if there's anybody else to go. But there's a reason why Jay and Jimmy keep bringing him up. You know what I'm saying? Like that—that that is the next. That's the next shoe to drop in terms of like loyalty there. Because is there it, a Brock thing that's going on. Mm. Oh my god! If they did Brock and Roman as, as a tag team, no, not like a tag team, but like Heyman is trying to—he's seeing the bloodline crumble. He's seeing all these cracks in it. Oh, he jumps to somebody else, and he's like, uh, "I'm getting out of it," because that's essentially what happened with him and Roman, right? Like Brock was out. Brock had lost the world championship at WrestleMania. Brock was nowhere to kind of be found. And he lashed himself onto Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. And I could see him still, you know, you talk about that. First of all, we, we've never talked about that Paul Heyman fucking podcast, which is amazing. It was great. Um, and, and to your point, I was going to say, Heyman says he's only he only works with like three people. So like if, yeah. if he's not working with Roman or Brock or Ronda, he's out. You know what I'm saying? He's not going to be on TV. It's in his contract. Um... It's t- I'm, I no I'm saying Roman. I'm saying Roman and Solo. If I had a g- gun to my head type of thing, I think the money is on Roman and Solo. Do we see a situation with Solo where he starts to learn the the psychotic gaslighting, or he, he says, "Don't hit me. I'm your brother. Don't do it." And that's what like leads them to lose. I feel like it's definitely possible, but I don't think it happens now. I feel yeah. like it, th- that's a that's a weeks long preparing of that kind of thing. Yeah. Either way, I am sports entertained. Um, this, this, again, they have they have managed to put them these characters in their own stratosphere to a point where you forget that SmackDown doesn't have a world champion that defends his belt. Uh, <laughs> Funny, yeah, you you kind of forget about that that aspect. And again, SmackDown doesn't have anybody right now that is ready ready to do that at all. So. You know, it is what it is there, but um, essentially, I, I would love for Roman to kind of hold on to the title. I'm sorry, I know people don't like that, but I would love to see Seth and Roman go at it at Survivor Series if they're going to do champion versus champion again. <sighs> but unless you, unless they're still going to do war games, but it's, I, I'll go ahead and say Roman and Solo here. But it's going to be how 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 long of cinema you think we're getting? Twenty five minutes this time, or um. I don't know. It's Peacock. They can really do whatever they want at this point. Um, I think, yeah. The O2 is going to be on fire for this. The O2 is going to be on fire for the whole show, but they're going to be on fire for this in particular, for sure. I'm I'm looking forward to this. This is the this is going to be a great show. It's going to be great. Uh, it airs this Saturday, uh, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. I'll be there. We'll be watching. If you're in our Discord, you already know how we get down on these days. If you're not in our Discord, make sure that you sign up for our Patreon for that, of course. It's so much, so, so, so worth it. The, the pay-per-view days are always the funniest days on the Discord. Um, so much so much stuff popping off. You could, you could get on there. It would be like 600 messages that, that you've missed already just from people uh, posting. So uh, make sure you get on that if you haven't. Uh, new episode of The War Report is coming up. Uh, Quan and Cyrus will most likely have a lot to say about uh, the happenings with AEW uh, as they kind of try and figure out their footing going into the a, a very crucial fall for them uh you know 
with all out and all in happening. And uh, yeah, well, next week we'll have the the outcome in the uh, fallout from Money in the Bank as we move forward into SummerSlam uh, with the WWE. And uh, we'll be sure to you know keep you guys uh, informed with everything else that's happening with wrestling. So for meals, I am Justin. Thank you guys for listening to the A Show. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.